Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy. Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the first season of SpongeBob SquarePants. All right, Ready Crew, I need all hands on deck. I have exciting news to share with you, and I need your help. Um, now, on Friday evening on our YouTube channel, I uploaded my audition video for the newly, recently rebooted G4. Now, this is just a ton of information. Hold on. Wait, you have a YouTube channel? You have, of course, we have an official uh, SpongeBob, SpongePod Squarecast YouTube channel. Uh, right now, it's mainly just the episodes uploaded for YouTube, um, but there will be video content coming, video specific content that won't be on our podcast feed. Of course, I've talked about uh, the Nickelodeon Funko reviews that I'm still kind of getting footage for. And that's that's a passion project of mine. So I'm going to take my time with that. Uh, but I hope to at least get the first episode out uh, before the fall really, you know, ends up into winter. Um, so G4 in the early 2000s was a channel that was then it was started as like an entertainment channel under NBC Universal. Uh, it was a, it was a premium cable channel and there was another channel also known as Tech TV which was if you could guess primarily a TV channel devoted to everything tech related. So someone's idea at uh, NBC Universal was instead of having this channel kind of used for entertainment and gaming and then you have this other channel for tech let's just combine the two together so g4 then kind of melded into tech tv and and it was just known as g4 and g4 for for a decade plus was one of the best stops for gaming entertainment nerd culture comics um when it really started it, it was 100 percent mostly for video games it was video game shows you had um uh, shows like X-Play, which is it's one of its biggest shows that it had, its claim to fames, which was a review show starring Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb. Uh, as things went on, though, they started kind of mixing in more of an entertainment base. Um, uh, so one, probably their second biggest show ever was a show called Attack of the Show, which was starring Kevin Pereira and eventually Olivia Munn, who rose to stardom because of her hosting gig on G4 and eventually got all the way up to being an X-Men apocalypse. Um, so 
G4 growing up as a young teenager, you know, the internet was still in its infancy, so there was still places to go in the internet for for gaming and for comics and for entertainment and movie news, but it wasn't anything that was going to take 100% of your time. You were still going to mainly watch television. But as the 2010s were coming up into, you know, the early 2010s, Right there, I mean, you're you're in the golden age of you're in YouTube time. You're in you know IGN.com. There was just more of a presence online for gaming content and for original content, and the TV channels started suffering. And what really killed it was that um, they they started syndicating shows like Cops and Cheaters on G4 to kind of fill up those late night kind of moments. And those shows were getting more views than the original content they were producing. And that was kind of just the end of G4. By by 2014, it was done. It was just over. They ended up rebranding it to the Esquire Network. Uh, so if you happen to go through your your cable provider and you see the Esquire Network on there, that used to be that's that's the graveyard as to where G4 used to be. Uh, but then earlier, uh, a couple months ago, there was this there was just this weird announcement that um, that G4 was coming back in some way, shape or form, um, probably just as an online presence and not actually a television channel. But yeah, you never know in the in this day and age. Uh, so they, they kind of put this announcement out. And I, of course, just instantly excited. And I was excited to see some of those hosts that I fell in love with. Adam Sessler, Morgan Webb, Kevin Pereira, Olivia Munn, uh, Chris Hardwick was a part of the G4 family there. Blair Herder. Uh, I was hoping to see uh, returns of some of these people. And, and especially Adam Sessler, who I fell in love with his game commentary. And the fact that he also helped work on Friday the 13th, the game, which is one of my favorite multiplayer games of this console generation. Uh, it, 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 he, he means a lot to me as far as a, as an entertainer and a host goes. Uh, so to about two weeks ago, it was finally confirmed that, um, Adam Sessler is not only back in the G4, this G4 family, but he put out a video, uh, playing one of his characters called crazy Adam announcing that they were looking for new hosts. And the second I saw that, um, and, and, and the, the video they put out wasn't simply, hey, we're looking for for strong, you know, online personalities with a big fan base. They were kind of putting it out to everybody. Like, you could not have a fan base online and we're still looking for you. And I knew I need to put my name, I need to put my hat in the ring. Like, I need to be a part of this in some way, shape, or form. So I made an audition video. I put it up on the SpongePod YouTube channel. And I also put it up on G4's Reddit page, which as of now has like 55 upvotes and a bunch of nice, very nice comments um, from people around the internet. Of course, I know maybe one or two of them. I know uh, Lunar from from the uh, SpongePod collab Discord made a nice comment on there. Uh, so anybody listening to this, if you happen to have a Reddit account, by all means, visit G4TV's official Reddit page. Uh, I, my post is still, on, the, I think, on the front page. Uh, watch the video and, and upvote it. Leave a nice comment. Uh, let, let me know that you visited. Um, it's been a nice way to kind of interact with, with fans and whatnot. And by all means, leave a comment on the, on the actual YouTube video as well. Uh, but it seems to be that it's, it, you know, th there's not really 
a method to this. I, I don't think if it gets a thousand upvotes, I'm a guaranteed in. Uh, my hope is that at least someone from G4 sees my audition video and that I have a fair shot at, at whatever kind of ideas they're having for hosts or, or jobs or whatnot. Um, and, and trust me, if I'm not selected here, this isn't the end of the road. Like, woe is me. I'm going to continue on. This this podcast is my number one um, as far as making content online. This is my number one care right now. Uh, and if I do get selected to work with G4, uh, I'm planning on bringing the stuff that I really enjoy, like, like animation, my love for Nickelodeon, my love for Pops, my love for SpongeBob. I, I would love to bring that to G4 in some way, shape, or form. Uh, I, I can't see me not, even even just by wearing a T-shirt, like just to know, hey, I, I got you guys. Um, so so it really means the world to me. So if you don't have a Reddit account, by all means, I, I would love for you to create one just to be able to upvote and comment. But don't feel the need to jump through all those hoops. Uh, I, I would never ask anybody to, to, to go through those many steps. If you already have a Reddit account, by all means, go and upvote my post and leave me a nice comment. Let, let them know the podcast sent you here. Uh, this episode was really exciting for me because I I'm interviewing both SpongeBob and Patrick of the of the SpongeBob SquarePants movie uh, rehydrated collab. And I kind of I got to be honest, I didn't I forgot that uh, that double time here was both SpongeBob and Patrick. I, I wasn't even, you know, because of the everything going on with the G4 audition video, I was kind of lost. So. When we when we were starting to record, I was like, uh, so you're an animator on the project, right? And he goes, no, I'm a voice actor. And I'm like, oh, who are you voicing? And he's like, SpongeBob and Patrick. And I'm like, what? I I was not prepared for this whatsoever because of everything going on. So uh, it was super exciting. We had a wonderful conversation just about kind of getting into voice acting a little bit and and of course our, our love for spongebob but but this was a big deal to have the the voice actor for both spongebob patrick and gary of the spongebob squarepants movie rehydrated uh, so enjoy our conversation while we watch the episode sleepy time character do you play in the movie? Uh, Spongebob, Patrick, and Gary. Oh, shit! I did not know that. What? I, we're, <laughs> I did not know that. I didn't know we were talking about Spongebob here. Alright. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> I might leave that beginning part in. <clears throat> Alright, you feeling good? Yeah, I'm feeling good. I, I thought you knew. No, no, I... I I should have done more. I mean, I if you knew, <laughs> this whole weekend has been crazy with the G4 audition video I put out. Um, oh yeah, so I, I saw that. I wasn't as I wasn't as prepared as I usually am. Like you know, researching like who am I speaking to, who am I talking with, and here I here we are with SpongeBob and Patrick at the same time. Yeah. 
That must have been, I mean, all right, let's just go right into the swing of things then. What, how did you get involved with the project to become SpongeBob and Patrick? Like, where, where was your beginning parts of this? Okay, so how I first came across this project is I saw the uh, Velisk Bomb video where it said that there's this huge remake of the movie, and I'm like, huh, that's cool. But knowing all the other, like, reanimated projects don't have voice acting, it didn't really matter, but I kept that in my head for when it came out or, like, when it was going to be released. Then all of a sudden, on one of our own Discord servers, one of our friends just sent a link to this casting call saying that they need voice actors for this certain project, and I'm like is this what I think it is? And I check it out, and it literally was. It was the movie that they're hiring for voice actors, and I jumped immediately to it because I got so overwhelmed and excited. Now, did you jump in it before? Because when I, when I got involved at that point, the voice acting, eventually when they got to the website for, um, I think it was just voiceacting.com or something like that, they had a part of the server that you could put up auditions and you know they would kind of pseudo go yeah you're you're this character you're this character and then they kind of switched over to the the actual website were you involved before that as well uh no i was not on the discord server until after i did the casting call audition oh awesome awesome man so both spongebob and patrick i got to imagine that you just have must have knocked it out of the park with both of those characters um <laughs> Was this a skill you had before this, this collab? Were you able to do those voices beforehand? Yes. But Patrick took the fastest to learn. SpongeBob, I am still learning to this day. I don't know if you saw the video from Vanity Fair, but they had Tom Kenny on. And they do this with voice actors. They'll bring on voice actors to kind of go over their characters. And then every time they make a second video of those voice actors critiquing other people online doing their voices. Did you happen to catch that one with Tom Kenny? Yes, I did. I saw that video and I'm like, wow, they actually did one of these? Yeah, and it seemed like SpongeBob, by far, out of all characters in the show, is the toughest to get. Oh, man, it is. Trust me. I'm going to get you to do a SpongeBob later on. But, um... Uh <laughs> when, when did you first like what's your earliest memory of Spongebob okay um, I actually have a, a really old voice memo back in April 25th 2019 where I did a line where it's like hey Patrick what am I now uh, stupid no I'm Texas you know that line that was the oldest known recording that I got really yeah so that far so that's, I mean that's back season one days um, yeah because you're, you're, you're a bit younger than me, so Spongebob has been been around pretty much as far, like, your entire life, right? Yeah. That's, I, I always, I like, what are your thoughts about that? I always find it, how do I word this? I, like, I'm, I'm so into animation and I'm so into entertainment that when I think of, I always like talking to older people, too, about characters that are, were around before I was born, like Popeye and Bugs Bunny and, and even Mickey yeah. Mouse, and to get their opinions on them so like what do you th what do you think about having this character just a part of your childhood from from very early on all the way up till right now um it it gives me a lot of like happy memories and stuff just by seeing like the way he is and how like very like excited he is about everything and just i don't know it brings a joy to me that like no other character can really do yeah you, you know i always tell people um 
The Simpsons premiered uh, in 1989, technically. They, even though they were a part of the Tracy Ullman show for a few years, the, the actual show started in 89. I was born in 1990. So anytime people talk about, oh, The Simpsons should end, I always say I have not lived a day of my life where The Simpsons weren't being produced. So it's like this level of comfort that I have knowing, hey, if I'm ever bored on a Sunday night and it's like 8 p.m., there's going to be a new episode of The Simpsons if it's, you know, obviously <laughs> in the fall season. And I... I feel like that's got to be for some people, for SpongeBob too. Like, hey, it's still going yeah. on, it's still happening. It's it's comfort. It really is comforting, just knowing that it's still running. Yeah, it's also comforting knowing that if hey, you really want um, SpongeBob products, you can literally throw a stone in any store and be able to purchase something that has SpongeBob's face on it. Yeah. Not not I, I completely. I don't know why this is just. I have a problem sometimes with purchasing things. I was in Walmart the other day, and they had um, a SpongeBob uh, Halloween, like one of those blow-up decorations on your lawn. I don't have a lawn to put that on, but I still purchased it simply because it was SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right, I got a indoor Halloween blow-up decoration. Cool. <laughs> and it's just such a... it's. It's nice knowing that we have a character here that you could you could go to any country in the world and wear a SpongeBob t-shirt or draw SpongeBob and you could bring a smile to someone else's face. Someone who doesn't know a lick of English, doesn't know anything and but you, there's that connection there of SpongeBob. I uh, I always wear my shirt sometimes to school and just seeing people's like just like smile just looking at it makes me happy. <laughs> ah, see that's great. Man, uh, hey, at least when SpongeBob was like still fresh, and I wore a SpongeBob T-shirt in uh, middle school, I was getting, I was getting a little bit of bullying going on. Oh. But then, yeah, to turn it around though, those those same bullies who would make fun of me for wearing SpongeBob were coming to me like six years later, asking me to draw SpongeBob for them in in high school. So SpongeBob became cool again at some point, <laughs> yeah. and especially in the age yep. of the internet and memes, you know, you can't escape them. Yes, the memes. I love them. Um, so, now, I got to imagine you're auditioning for voice acting. Is voice acting something that you want to do as a career? Is this something that you can see yourself constantly doing? Or is it just kind of something on the side that you were you were wanting to do at least once? Uh, um, for my future, I'm having it at least as a backup, just in case if the one I'm going for now doesn't really end up going too well. If you know what I mean. Oh, absolutely! It's always good to have backups. Do you want to be an actor? Uh, not necessarily, but like voice acting in general, yeah, I would love to be one. It feels like such a such a cool laid back gig. <laughs> it really is. Although, unfortunately, I I have such a love for voice actors. Um, but I'm glad to see in this day of the internet they can get more recognition for what they do because before the internet. You were you were like a name and possibly a picture maybe someone had in a book or something, you know, or unless you were Mel Blanc who was actually getting, uh, you know, being a guest on the Tonight Show because he did all the Looney Tunes. But if you were somebody like Rob Paulson voicing the Ninja Turtles in the in the 80s, no one knew who you were. You were walking around making Ninja Turtle money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, um, have you? 
Now, I know that the voice casting website has a bunch of different projects on it. Since this, have you kind of maybe tried out for a few other uh, uh, projects as well? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's fine. you got to put all of your attention into voicing SpongeBob and Patrick for the SpongeBob movie. Yeah. Well, um, what's funny is that literally my status, like all the auditions that I did, I got all three, and then I did nothing else. So it's like I just won all the parts I wanted and then never did it again. <laughs> yeah, I um, <laughs> I was told by somebody, because when we were working on this th this collab between my podcast and the and the SpongeBob uh, collab, um, somebody said, "Hey, you you've got a de you know a good voice. You should try out for some of the voice acting." And it was before the website, so I kind of went on this part of the Discord, and I just kind of see you know what characters were available, what was you know what was taken, what was not, and I tried out for a few characters. And one of the characters that everybody was that I posted that everyone was going nuts over was David Hasselhoff. So for like two weeks, I was going to be David Hasselhoff, and I was on cloud nine. Not to say I'm not now, but uh, then when the voice casting website came on, I just uploaded all of the same clips I did. And somebody a day later put up a Hasselhoff that was so pitch perfect. Like the second I heard it, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not Hasselhoff anymore. But I'm happy with the characters I have, and I'm excited to, uh, to get that rolling. How, do you know how... I mean, I imagine you've had to have practiced a lot of the lines in the movie, right? Oh, yes. So many times. Did, have you sat there, watched the movie, and just voiced the characters along with the movie? Um, I was thinking about it, but... Uh, no, not yet, but I was thinking about it just to see how I sound. <laughs> Out of all the parts in the movie, um, with both SpongeBob and Patrick, do you have lines or sayings that have been a bit difficult to get like when spongebob is kind of hung over at the beginning of in the morning of goofy goobers um <laughs> you know or just different kind of i'm trying to think of the word like different parts of his voice i don't know have you just found any lines to be difficult to kind of match up correctly um the hardest ones were uh, mostly him freaking out and kind of being angry and yelling. And then, like, the way he kind of whines in a way where he's, like, like disappointed in himself. Think about that trench scene where he just gives up and kind of complains to Patrick about how they're just kids and they're meant to be. Right. Yeah, I, I got to imagine. And that, that was hard. That's hard for SpongeBob. Have you found any with Patrick that seemed to be a little bit more difficult? Oh, uh, not at all. Nothing Besides at all. You... The... Besides the, yeah, I, I love being purple, or the one where he's like, now you're talking, the, the others aren't really as hard. Yeah, but still, that is, the the amount of work you're going to put into this is just absol absolutely astronomical to me. It's crazy. Um, have they, I, I imagine the sound is going to be the last part of this collab. I, I, I'm going to guess all the animation is, is going to be done first. Is there any idea when you're going to be starting yeah. kind of the process here? Oh, um, they planned it around November. Oh, this year? Yeah. Oh, man, so it's coming up for you. Yep. Oh, are you excited? I am excited. I, I can imagine, too. Who's your, if you if you had to pick a character other than SpongeBob and Patrick that you would want to do in the movie, who, who, who do you think you could tackle? Uh, well, 
I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I I know it's a tough question because you already got sec. You already got gold and silver here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, honestly, every day I keep forgetting that I won Gary. I, I don't know why. Oh, you're I Gary too. Yes, I also keep forgetting that I also have, like, like Gary, and I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Who does? I mean, I think other than one or two meows in the beginning, does have that one line in the entire movie where he says "meow plankton." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. I, the one character I really I, I was really gunning for because I can I can really get a deep voice going was the um was the bar owner oh, or the yeah. or at least the the main guy in the bar I was like but yeah. well when I went on to the voice the voice acting website there was already like a bunch of people that went after that and I was like you know what I, I'm gonna cast a wide net I'm just gonna keep away from that one character just to just to see what we can do here um other than the movie, the movie to me, even though I consider it an episode of the show, it's my favorite SpongeBob thing, I think ever. Like if I had to show one person one SpongeBob episode, I, I would kind of show them the movie. What's your favorite episode of SpongeBob SquarePants? Do you do you have one that kind of sticks out? Um, idiot box, the one where they get a box and then they just <laughs> <laughs> that that's a fair answer. I I can't argue with that at all. That's that's got to be in my top. Probably my top three, actually. Yeah, that's my top favorite. I I think my favorite one simply uh, because of its accessibility to anybody you can show it to is the Krusty Krab training video. Oh yes. I I don't know that one has brought me so much so much laugh laughter over the years and and I can't it's just still to this day I don't know what I'm gonna do when I have to record that episode because how can I talk over the greatest episode of SpongeBob? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's oh, sacrilegious yeah. at this point. Yeah. Oh, honestly, uh, the oldest memory that I have of watching SpongeBob is just whenever I would be obsessed with singing the song "To Love a Krabby Patty." <laughs> oh, that's it's an underrated song. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and even though, I, look, everybody agrees that after the movie, the 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 quality of the series went down. That first season, though, season four is really not that bad. Yeah. I would honestly agree that season one through four to me were were, were the best seasons. Absolutely. Uh, although I've seen some newer episodes that have gotten surprising chuckles out of me. I, yeah. I'm older. It's tougher for me to, like, when I watch the older episodes, I'm laughing mainly because of nostalgia. Like, it's, it's almost like that joke that Patrick says has always been with me. So it's always going to make me laugh. So for the newer ones, I'm going to be a bit more critical on, but the fact that I've seen a few scenes and, and I've gotten a laugh here and there gives me some hope that they've gotten back a little bit of that, that old school humor in the newer seasons. Although I've kind of stayed away from them mainly. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, the newer seasons are a bit iffy, but there are some episodes where I actually do get a good laugh out of. Um, do you have now, one question I always like to know, were you mainly a Nickelodeon guy growing up, or did you spend more time on Cartoon Network? Uh, I, I was more of a Nickelodeon guy. I rarely ever watched Cartoon Network. Oh, man. Hey, look, there's some good shows on there, but uh, but you yeah. can't go wrong with Nickelodeon. It's number one. Do you have a second favorite show to SpongeBob? Uh, oh, yeah, that's a t like if you if you have to pick it, Dennis Dennis's boot to your head, you have to pick a second favorite. Fairly Odd Parents. That's a perfectly fine one. 
<laughs> Although, man, you talk about a show that went downhill. Yeah. I don't I think there's... Mad. I was kind of mad when they added Chloe. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I, got, I got angry when they added Chloe, not because of that she's a female character or anything like that, but you're... Everybody can get angry at Poof. Everyone can get angry with Sparky. But Poof or Sparky did not meddle with the core of the show. And the core of the show is Timmy, Cosmo, and Wanda. Yeah. You, you have those three together. No matter what situation you put them in, that's, that's the show. But the second you open that up and you're shoehorning someone else in there, it, it, that's where it's just like, yeah. man. I could even get past the, the change in animation style. Uh, those I think like half of the last season was done with I think Adobe Animate or something like that. It came off really weird. Yeah. Um. Honestly, Poof didn't really bother me at all. Sparky, uh, eh, a little bit, but not too much. But Chloe, nah, I couldn't handle it. Poof, I I deal with the same way when um anyone you know when you talk about people who grew up with Rugrats, and they always talk about how Dill ruined the show, and I go like. Dill, Dill's a non-issue. He's a character that didn't really get in the way of anything. Like there were episodes surrounding him, but he's not—he's not like Kimmy, where hey, she kind of ruins the dynamic a bit. And I know that now it's two female characters, but I—I I swear it has nothing to do with their gender. <laughs> it's literally just when you take a character and you kind of push him in. And I'm sure I could find a, a male character who has done that to a show. Um. Do you have, I mean, so you grew up right with the, what I think is the silver age of Nickelodeon, which is when you had Fairly Odd Parents on TV, you had Jimmy Neutron, you had Danny Phantom, like I, I kind of shoehorn Avatar right in there as well. Yeah. You grew up with all of those shows. Is there one that, it's a weird question, but is there, out of out of any of those shows you were watching as a kid, is there one that everybody seems to love that you never just really got into? Um, apparently Ren and Stimpy. Oh, Ren and, okay. Ren and Stimpy. I, look, you know what, buddy? I'm, I'm with you here. I, as a kid, I, if Ren and Stimpy was on, I would watch it. It was not a show I would search for, but as an adult, I've been able to appreciate it a lot more than I did as a child. And to reverse that, the show that I've watched as an adult and actually changed my opinion on, on, to a negative level is Rocket Power. (laughs) I, I like Rocket Power, but uh, there was something, like, recently I watched a video where someone pointed out how Otto Rocket never really grows as a character, and then I started watching some episodes on uh, on Amazon, and he was getting on my nerves as an adult, and I'm like, I used to really love this show, and now I'm thinking it's okay. I, who am I kidding? I still love it. It's fine. Um, man, so... Now, what else do you do? Do you do any sort of art or anything like this? I mean, you know, because the fact that your friend brought up voice acting to you, do you do any, do you make anything else on the internet? Like, do you ever create stuff? Yes, I do. Um, I do go on games and start trolling people with my voices. Like, for example, I would always do Bugs Bunny because that was a huge kick. Do you mind if... I would... (laughs) Say, can can you just do a what's up, Doc, just so I can get a little... (laughs) <laughs> Not to put you on the spot. What's up, Doc? Oh, whoa! Wow. <laughs> My God, that was pretty good. What am I talking about? That's not pretty good. That that sounded that sounded excellent. <laughs> Thanks. When did you start doing voices like that? 
at eighth grade, the first ever voice I practiced was Mickey Mouse. Then to my sophomore year of high school, I started adding in more and more. Now I'm here in my senior year of high school, and I can do so much. So, all right, so now that you're adding cartoon characters, are there character? Are you adding characters to your repertoire because you like them or just because you know they're popular? Like, Just because I like them. So, for example, like, uh, like Larry from Amazing World of Gumball, he's not popular, but I love to do his voice just because it's funny. <laughs> Um, which one? I, I've watched a decent amount of Gumball, but when you said Larry, I'm trying to think of which the which character is that. Oh, um, he is the, he is the one that works at like all convenience stores, all restaurants, and all that. Okay, I know who you're talking about. Okay. There's there's certain outside of like the main characters. There's a few names I know, like I know Tina's the dinosaur, and I know uh, Banana Joe, and certainly a certainly a big show for Cartoon Network there. That was yeah. It- I watched it for a little bit when I was still, you know, a couple of years ago when I was still um, living with my mom. She had, you know, full cable, so I was kind of watching more stuff live. Um, when I got my condo, because of money, it was like, all right, just get internet. So the at that point, the kind of getting watching something that you've never watched before just kind of went away with like it was with cable, I would just leave Cartoon Network on or Nickelodeon or Comedy Central and just see what's going on. So since then, I really only watch shows I'm like following. It's a little bit harder. So I, I lost track of Gumball. Um, I think the only show from Cartoon Network I kept track of was regular show just because it was that good. I fell in love with it. Yeah. Oh, and um, besides like trolling people online, I do a lot of other stuff. Like I make... I, I do make video games. I do make music from time to time. I, uh, yeah, that's really all besides a few <laughs> other things I can't think of off the top of my head. Hey, you're putting yourself out there. That's, that's incredible. I always, I always will applaud anybody who's just going to take a skill they have and put it out there for the world to see. Um, yeah. man, you must get, I got, you got, you must get a lot of people with that Bugs Bunny. <laughs> yes, I, <laughs> I have. And, what inspired me to do SpongeBob was actually from Bugs Bunny because they both sounded almost similar with their techniques. Just their things changed. Oh, you got a technique for it? Does it include? Uh, does does your technique include bringing it around town? Oh yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it is a fun look. It's a fun skill to have, especially look with with that kind of Bugs Bunny that you have. I mean. Mel Blanc is not with us anymore, so anytime somebody is taking over that role, it's literally trying to replicate his voice or the voice of someone else he's done. So that could be a career for you. Yeah. I wasn't about being Bugs Bunny, but I'm like, I don't know. I've heard there's too many Bugs Bunny and less SpongeBob. That is true. I I mean, I'll give you that. A lot of people do do more Bugs Buddies than they do SpongeBob's. So SpongeBob is good to have. Although we haven't seen a uh, a Tom Kenny less SpongeBob because man, he puts his voice in everything. I think I actually think most of the voice actors are cool with doing video games, except for Clancy Brown. He seems the one. He seems to be the one that's left out. Yeah, he really is, and I do kind of feel bad, but if it's his decision to not be in it, then it's his. I, I wonder what that is. I wonder if they do approach him, and he just goes, no, nah, I don't want to do that. Let someone else do it. Yeah. Um, because Tom Hanks, who voices Woody for Toy Story, um, yeah. very early it's, on, he got his... Like, oh, what were you going to say? Oh, um, 
Oh, I was gonna say that his brother does the voice of like Woody in like the more modern games, like like uh, Kingdom Hearts three and stuff. No, actually, his brother has been doing the Woody voice uh, at the exact same time. Uh, Tom Hanks got him the job that if they ever needed Woody for any of the toys, any of the video games, uh, that it would go through his brother. Oh, okay. So this was way more back. Okay. Yeah, as far as I know, I think I think his his brother has been doing Woody in, in literally all the products. I mean, maybe there's a first run of Woody dolls that has Tom's voice, but as far as I know, it's been his brother the whole time. Wow, that's crazy. Well, that's a good that's a good big brother right there to get you a nice cushy yeah, job with Disney. And he sounds almost indistinguishable to him. Yeah, I've been getting my brother to try to do impressions. Like he does like a he does Donald Duck, but it sounds like a little bit like Huey, Huey doing Louie, like the little cousins back in the old days where they sounded all high pitched. Yeah, well, also they Huey, Dewey, and Louie are also um, you can understand what they're saying. Where Donald half the time you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what is well, this yeah. duck yelling about? Yeah, and and I'm trying to get get him to do Gumball. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, that's a character I haven't I haven't seen anyone do really well. So keep pushing yeah. him to it. Um, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to watch our, the episode of the day, which is going to be sleepy time. 2,000 years later. All right, and we are back, and today's episode is one of the, one of my favorite ones personally in season one. It is an episode called Sleepy Time, uh, debuted January 17th, 2000. Uh, it is the 15th episode of the first season of SpongeBob SquarePants, the first half. Um, man, what a along with SB129, this is one of the more creative episodes. SpongeBob kind of exploring everyone's dreams in Bikini Bottom, um, and you, and you get to see just what what they're really into. What what are these characters really thinking about? Um, and it's very interesting, especially when he goes into Gary's dream. That's always my favorite part. Uh, do you remember watching this episode ever uh, at, on television? Oh yes, plenty of times. Oh, and it has some of the best, like, just, in terms of jokes, it has some of the best ones. I mean, for the jokes they use for Patrick and for Plankton, <laughs> all of these. So, uh, anyway, if everybody wants to follow along with us, by all means, you can get your DVDs out, get your, your streaming services, uh, and if this happens to be on one of the Game Boy Advance videos, I keep asking people... I would love for someone to prove to me that they listened to the podcast while watching one of those Game Boy Advance video cartridges. That would that's that would that'll make my day the second that happens. Um, all right, so if everybody wants to watch along, we're going to be skipping the intro on this one uh, for reasons, but we're going to be starting at the beginning of the title card that says "Sleepy Time," and you can start your episodes. Uh, hold on, gonna make sure sound is off now. Okay, so we have Sleepy Time here. Our storyboard directors are Paul Tibbet, uh, Enio Torreson Jr. Uh, we also have uh, Doug Lawrence as a writer, Mr. Lawrence uh, Plankton himself. Um, our storyboard artists are Paul Tibbet, Enio, Paul Tibbet, and Enio are both uh, storyboard directors as well. Very, very close group here, very small group on this one. Uh, here we have a uh, episode of SpongeBob. Going to bed, and this is weird because I th think this is the first time we actually see SpongeBob's feet. <laughs> yeah. I I can't I don't remember in the previous episodes, and I do have a terrible memory in some regards, but I don't remember SpongeBob's feet ever really being shown. Uh, yeah. And it's weird there because his legs are kind of thicker than normal. I don't know. It always bothered me to see that. Um, but here we have SpongeBob's dream where he has this world of giant spatulas and 
giant uh, Krabby Patties. And here we have him driving a hot rod, which was then used in a few future video games. I know that a creature from the Krusty Krab has an entire like dream sequence of SpongeBob racing in, in a, like big muscle drag cars. Uh, wh like, what do you think about this? What do you have any dreams that have ever been this wacky? Uh, not that I know of. No, it's never been this crazy. No, no. I I, I think I've had some on this level of crazy. But when when you wake up, you kind of only remember maybe bits and pieces. Yeah. And I I did have this one dream where he's just flying in the air, and I was just flying along, like, you know, like just flying in the sky with the... <laughs> yeah, those moments where you kind of just, you're just hovering over the, the skyline and, and looking down below. Yeah. Uh, but the concept that SpongeBob is able to exit his dream is just so interesting to me, and it's... Um, it's something safe. It's something that kind of, you know, you can kind of look out of it as, as almost non, I don't want to say non-canon. It's the wrong words, but it's almost like everything that's happening is not really happening. So you can yeah. kind of have fun with this. So, of course, we have um, Gary here. I got to find this. Uh, oh, I know her name. Hold on. I just want to make sure I have the spelling correctly. There is a uh, cosplayer out in the world who... Uh, did a cosplay of this Gary, and her name is uh, B Bitch. Look her up on Instagram. I'm gonna give her a shout out because she has done some incredible like one-off SpongeBob costumes, and she did this version of Gary, and it's absolutely incredible. It's one of my favorite cosplays out there. That's awesome. I wish I could exit my dream. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could visit everyone else's dreams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I like that Gary. We up to this point. We, we've seen Gary uh, have a little bit higher intellect than, than we would assume a pet would have. And, of course, as the seasons go on uh, and as the show goes on, we Gary is a, a lot smarter than we really expect. But his dream is just so surprising that he is dreaming of owning a giant library and being this high intellectual. I don't know. I, I think that is the most... Out of anything they could have done, that is the most um, interesting that they chose. And on the other end of the spectrum here, we have uh, Patrick, who just it has... <laughs> it's. I love how SpongeBob this whole time is just pointing out that he could be doing anything else. <laughs> yeah. Where that's... I, I love this because it is the simplicity of Patrick. It's, it's why he makes such a good character. Even acknowledging, yeah, I could be doing more. No, I really just want to be on this, like, rocking seahorse. Yeah. But... I'm, I'm honestly so tempted to just voice over it, because I know all the lines. <laughs> oh, that was my last quarter. And that's it. <laughs> that was my last quarter. Oh, that's, that is an excellent Patrick. Now, I know why you got the gig. Uh -huh. <laughs> now, here we have Squidward, who is, uh, who is from uh, the Gods Fam. Uh, in the uh, collab, who is oh, yeah. dreaming? You're what? He is like my closest friend, man. He was one. He was absolutely wonderful to talk to, and and that's great. Did you guys know each other before this project? Oh yes, way longer before this project. Oh my goodness, I'm so glad. It's nice to know that in real life, SpongeBob, Patrick, and Squidward are really good friends. <laughs> Even on the collab as well, but here we have this this king character. Um, 
I I love I love that Squidward's dream completely turns on him for a second. <laughs> I know. Uh, I I feel bad for him. Yeah, I do too. He's put in this really bad situation. This really like he doesn't want to be in it, but he also has control over this dream. And I don't know if he maybe that's a joke too that Squidward is just not. He's creative, but he's not creative enough to know that he's yeah. in charge. It's bad enough that his real life is miserable. Even his dreams can be, and that's sad. It, it is sad because as, as as and this is a sad thing to say, but the older you get, the more you start understanding Squidward as a character. Yes. And yes. I got to tell you, like, yeah, it would suck to go through all day being bombarded with with annoying customers and your neighbors and then going to bed and even your dreams are like you're not gonna have a good time buddy <laughs> i i think i've had at least one of those moments where like it was a nice dream and then all of a sudden a huge nightmare occurred and i just jumped out of bed <laughs> squidward being thrown in the snack wa- a snack wagon he had to have created in his head yeah although you know what to squidward's i'll give squidward credit here there is a possibility that in his in his mind, he still wants to challenge himself, so he's not making it an easy situation where he's just going to be beloved. He's got to work for the admiration. So maybe in that regard, I can understand Squidward here. Sandy, Sandy's dream, though, is kind of the weirdest out of all of them for me, simply because she's doing something I can see her actually doing. Like, I can imagine in Texas, Sandy has gone skydiving. Maybe she's dreaming yeah. about it because she misses it, but at the same time, I don't know. I felt like they could have gone a little bit more epic with Sandy's. That like hibernation training uh, did her well in this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Clam. She has a the truck of clam manure in her brain. I don't know. I don't know why she thought of that. <laughs> uh, do clams even produce that much? <laughs> poop to make manure, especially a truckload. I have no idea. And here's Pearl's dream where everything's all hearts and teenage boys. What's what's really what's what's really weird, I never thought about this until this second, but this dream looks like um in the second SpongeBob movie when Plankton goes into SpongeBob's head, this looks like what he sees. Like oh. it was all rainbows and happiness and this, yeah. this is what Spongebob is thinking about. And it's the one he spends the least amount of time in. Yeah, and then like, he just pops out like cotton candy or something. Oh, absolutely. Because I, I can imagine that's all Spongebob stuff. Um, so this is the first... Here's here's some interesting facts. Uh, this is actually the first episode to air... The brand new episode to air in the 2000s. Even though um, it was produced... Much earlier, and even was supposed to air in 1999, but because of you know scheduling and whatnot, it ended up in the year 2000. Wow. Yeah, uh, and um, if we're also counting the cameo of Karen uh, coming up in this episode, this is Karen. the f- this is the first episode where all ten main characters appear. Wow, I, I never thought of that. Yeah, this is the first time. I I really love Mr. Krabs' dream because he's, like, it's his two loves combined. He loves the ocean, the the idea of catching the big fish, but then it's also his love for money. 
But once again, these people are getting... All the characters are getting angry with Spongebob for ruining their dreams, but they they have so much control. Yeah. It doesn't have to be ruined. And then, of course, Spongebob here is now forced to be in, in Plankton's. Um, Damn. There we have a... We have a My Leg joke in this in this scene now this is another if for anyone who has actually played creature from the crusty crab uh, a lot of this episode definitely was an inspiration for that which which had to do with dreams and there is a part in that game where you play as a giant plankton kind of rampaging through a city now i've never really played uh any spongebob game besides truth or square and the rehydrated uh version of Battle for Bikini Bottom. I haven't played the original because I never owned a GameCube. Oh, man, you, you got to own a GameCube. The GameCube is one of the greatest Nintendo consoles of all time. Well, now that I think about it, uh, my GameCube is imported in my Wii, technically, so like I could play like, Luigi's Mansion and see my sunshine through the Wii. <laughs> there you go. You got a game. You got the best GameCube if you have a Wii because uh, yeah. the fact that you can get component output from your Wii means... Um, the component cables that they made for the GameCube are so rare that it's cheaper to just buy a Wii to then get like the most out of the uh, out of the visuals of your console. Yeah, and um, I also do oh. have emulator on my PC, so like at any time I can just get the GameCube game. Oh, there you go. Just don't play as much as I liked it as a kid. Don't play Revenge of the Flying Dutchman. That one's a tough one to get through. Yeah, it looks boring. <laughs> now, of course. Um, I mean, speaking of Battle for Bikini Bottom, there's a there's a, the whole dream sequence is going on there. Uh, clearly, another callback to this episode. Uh, but of course, I don't think other than the fact that Sandy was in Texas, there's really nothing else that really connects him. Yeah. Now all the characters like. The why is Pearl? I it always bothered me even as a kid. Like, why would Pearl be upset in this scene? I, I, I know. Like SpongeBob just like popped his head in and said, "Oh, my mistake," and then and then left. Yeah, I know. And then there goes Patrick, just wondering where his quarter went. <laughs> hey, do you guys have another quarter? <laughs> and that was the episode. I I just interrupted Patrick. I'm sorry, Patrick. Continue. Has <laughs> anybody seen my quarter? <laughs> there we go. Oh man, it, it really anytime the the SpongeBob writers decide to go off the rails a little bit and have some kind of exploring fun is is when I feel like yeah. the the viewers have the most fun. So that's, that's why, why we... I love Fairly Odd Parents because the way they write it, they make one joke and then they use it like any other time when it's right and it just makes me laugh. Yeah, those those early, I mean, man, those those first few seasons of Fairly Odd Parents were so good, and I um, I, I really think that if I I really wish that at one point there was going to be a Fairly Odd Parents movie in theaters. Like Paramount was apparently on board with it, and I know that Butch Hartman has mentioned that there was a script done. He's never talked about what was in that script or anything, but I really think the Nickelodeon kind of kind of missed the ball with the Fairly Odd Parents in a few ways. Yeah, they did make a live-action movie, which I actually liked. Yeah, I like those, and they're kind of inventive, too, but there's something about watching a movie in theaters. Uh, I I always will support any TV 
cartoon that can make a movie in theaters, even if it's not something I'm into. Uh, like when My Little Pony made a, t uh, a theatrical movie, I have no interest in seeing that, and I know that there's adult fans. I just never got into the show. But I was, as a fan of television animation, I was like, hey, I hope it does really well because then I hope it shows that more more shows can actually go into theaters. You know, I wish I know that regular show had a few airings in a couple of theaters around the country. I wish that was even for like one weekend. Hey, one weekend only. Come get your tickets. I would have gone and see that on a big screen. Yeah. I get kind of bummed out when uh like for, for example, as SpongeBob fans, we got to deal with the fact that Sponge Out of Water or a Sponge on the Run is not going to be in theaters and it's going to be on streaming services unless you live in Canada. Uh, yeah. <laughs> guys are all lucky up there. Um, Canadians have already watched it. <laughs> yeah, they've already seen it. Uh, and I, I, I tell people constantly, like, look, once it's on DVD, once it's on a streaming service, you can watch it on your in in your house for the rest of your life. But you only get this this one like three or four month window where you can watch something on the big screen. Um, and that's why. I was so lucky that a couple weeks ago they they actually had the first SpongeBob movie in a drive-through over here in Connecticut, and I was like, uh, "Yeah, I'm going at least two times throughout the week just so I can see it on a big screen." And it was nice. That, wow. Yeah, trust me, it was really surprising because a lot of the movies they pick they're like classics, The Karate Kid, and and here's Jurassic Park, and here's The Avengers, okay. and then one week, hey, here's the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Just like out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, out of, it seems out of left field. Um, uh, just so everyone knows, the the actual poem that Gary says is an actual poem called, from Edward Lear. It's called "The Old Man of Peru." Just so you know that that was not an actual SpongeBob uh, reference there. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Uh, one of the things I forgot to mention was if you go back and look at the the scene with uh, Gary in the library, if you pause the episode at one point you can see a few of the titles of some of the books and there is a book called of snails and men which is a parody of the book of mice and men and i that it's just a visual gag i don't think gets enough love wow that's awesome yeah absolutely so uh before i before i let you go uh i i need two things from you i need you to plug anything you want any of the listeners of this podcast to find your stuff on if you have like an instagram and i need to yeah. hear spongebob uh end off the podcast however he likes because we've heard some patrick but i i don't think i've heard i've heard of spongebob yet yeah oh and i'll yeah uh, before i do it even after i earn the role i still practice it because i want it to be as perfect as it can be I, I look. I want. I want it to be too. When we when we get to actually premiere the movie next year, I can't wait to. I mean, your voice is going to be all over that thing. So, uh, I know you're going to do a fantastic job. From what you've already given me as samples, I want to see the the whole the whole entree. I want to see everything finished. Um, do you have any uh, social media that you kind of post stuff on that people can follow you on? Oh yes, um, my YouTube, my Instagram is uh, just double time thirty two, all lowercase and no spaces. It's that easy. Perfect, perfect. And for anyone listening, uh, if you follow the podcast, uh, I'll put all of that in the episode description, so you can actually just go to uh, go to the links right there. And uh, it, hey, if SpongeBob can sign us out here, that would be wonderful. <sighs> okay, I had to drink water because my throat was dry. <laughs> hey, SpongeBob needs hydration. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I mean, well, like, one of my favorite scenes to do is the idiot box where they just, like, imagine Robot Pirate Island. <laughs> like, I'm going to do that the podcast. Perfect. I'd love to hear it. All right, let's go. We're on Robot Pirate Island. Okay. Beep, beep, beep. Arr. Boop, 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 boop. Ahoy, matey. Beep, beep, beep. For that, you'll walk the plank. <laughs> that was so good man thank you so much for being on the podcast we'll definitely have you on again all right no problem all right matey see you later and be sure to keep watching the i'm ready podcast bye, bye, bye. <laughs>